Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Put It to the Panel. And this week we have special guests Max and Jason from the Crawford Arms. Hello. How are you Thanks guys doing? Good. Yeah, good. All good. All good. Great stuff. I'm going to go back to work. <laughs> so, um, do you guys want to give a brief introduction to um, where the venue is situated? What's the you know, kind of your venue theme and everything? Because I know you guys have got more of a theme to your venue, a little bit more hipster kind of sort of uh, thing to your venue, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, well, it's the Crawford Arms, it's the Milk King. Uh, we've got 300 cat music venue and then the bar, which holds about 200 odd people. Um, nice. It's black, everything is black. Um, if you think of it in there, it's probably black. Um, we do all kinds of music, we do comedy, we have street food fairs. Uh, most anything, anything really, whatever we can put on and fit in the building, we'll, we'll do it. We have wrestling once every month or so, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, just a bit of everything really. Nice, nice. Well, you know, I, I like coming over to the venue and seeing how the, you know, it, you got artworks up on the walls, got like mural sort of like stained glass windows, but like sort of thing. It's pretty cool. Um, obviously, uh, Danny, I don't th- have you been to the Crawford Arms yet? Uh, I haven't had the pleasure as of yet. But I would. Uh, you should. Yeah. You should get there. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get there once this is all over. Me and Danny will get down there. Yeah. We'll right. on the venue. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I mean, we do have some questions, but we're just going to keep this very, you know, open. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll start off with the, you know, the first one, which is um, basically, so how has this situation affected your current business? What's going on with that at the moment? Um, well, it's well, it's not anymore. We don't have a business at the moment. We're just kind of we're shut. <laughs> um, we had bookings every day, pretty much the whole of March. We had a gig every day. April was the same, and then. Uh, obviously 20th of March came and we were just like right let's close it's getting risky for people and my health and stuff now and then a few days later obviously it was forced shut anyway um, we're, we're trying some new bits um, doing like delivery service we've got so much stock in from where we had like sold out shows that cancelled and stuff so we've just got like a building full of stock um, so we're just selling that to tide us over and keep us running um, merch and stuff like that so it's just trying to find ways now to adapt uh, the business to keep it going uh, yeah. Until we can open in some form or another, but who knows what that's going to look like? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to hear about that. I mean, it's the situation that it is right now. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is at the moment. And you know, um, I mean, were there many plans? You know, before this all happened, was you know, did you have a plan for the rest of the year and what you were going to be doing? Nah. Yeah, we had uh, yeah we had quite a big plan to be honest. Our 2020 was going to be like our um, inclusive venues sort of plan. So you know we've got like an old building, like a lot of venues, our sort of size and capacity have. You know we run out of a sort of Victorian hotel, if you will. It's got like a room at the back, two seven five cap, and um, you know there's no access for disabilities and stuff like that. So it was we had a whole big plan really to do that this year but that's been put on hold for the foreseeable future we've um started some you know started some paperwork while we've been off um been in touch with like architects 
stuff like that. Um, we've got a good plan of um, turning. So we have two sets of toilets. We've got like a bar set of toilets, male and female, and then a venue bar like set, uh, male and female again. And we're going to uh, turn the bar um, toilets into one huge toilet, hopefully. And um, it'll be like a big gender neutral toilet. It'll have um, disability it'll access. One big toilet. Yeah, it won't be one big toilet in the middle of the room. I mean, you know, <laughs> it is 2020. There'll be more cubicles and more toilets in it than there are now. Because I, th I think we have like seven cubicles for, you know, gigs when we have like 300 people in the building, which is absolutely mental. So hopefully we'll sort of be able to fit 10, 12 within the toilet and, you know, have uh, access for disabled people, carers, you know, anywhere we'll have a fully enclosed cubicle that should be sort of like a quiet room, you know, if someone needs a safe space to sort of just go and chill out yeah. a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So we had some big plans, but all on hold until we sort of can start bringing some more money in. Oh, okay. So have you guys actually been to the venue since it's closed then? Yeah, yeah. we've both been going, what, like once a week? Yeah. I've been there a couple of times a week. I only live down the road, so that's not too far for me. Yeah. Cool. It's very quiet. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like the end of a TV series, like where something's shut down or they're like reminiscing and just like you just imagine all the people and stuff in there. But it's just just dead, like just silent in there. Um, doesn't smell so bad anymore. There's no like sick smell from the night before. <laughs> um, it's clean. It's nice. Quite quite nice going over there, really. Oh, cool. Well, you know, obviously, I know it can be to be quite a busy venue, so. You know, I'm sure I would walk past and be like, "Well, oh, that's weird. That's not, you know, that's not right." <laughs> it's really odd. Like, you know, there's always people in there. Like, whether it's staff, there's always like quite a few staff members, and and just like the characters and faces of people that you see in there every day. And it's just weird. You kind of go in there and there's literally like nothing. Like, even yeah, other people I'll... collects like the gas bottles or do the meter reading and stuff like that. You just see them every week, and then now it's just like there's nothing. You just go in there and it's like. Yeah, I mean, speaking of how how are they feeling in in the midst of this as well? Who's the staff? Or yeah, um, I think they're okay. I mean, we've we've luckily we did the crowdfunder uh, recently, which we hit the target for. So they've got the furlough money, and then we've topped up the rest of their wages, uh, the twenty percent. So they've got like a full wage. So basically, financially, they haven't really changed. I guess they've saved on travel money. Um, yeah. But we've we've hopefully helped them to just continue as normal without any stress and, and worries and keep them like that. And, and then hopefully that will help them with mental health and things like that so we can kind of help everyone along. We also have a few members of staff that don't qualify over they're self-employed and they fall under the brackets of any help and stuff like that. So we've paid them um, and given them like a normal their normal wage basically that they'd get if, if we were open and stuff. So hopefully they're happy. Uh, we love our staff and they, they do make the venue what it is. Um, probably more so than me and Max, really, because we're kind of background characters, uh, whereas it's the staff that obviously face everyone and all the venue crew talk to people and stuff like that. So sure. they're, the, they're the important ones, basically. So it's important for us to obviously make sure they're happy and safe and comfortable and things like that, really. So hopefully they're happy. Um, we haven't had a full-on conversation with them yet, so uh, probably need to check in and find out. Anyway, it's quite hard to plan. There's no no sort of plans at the moment, so it's kind of hard to check in with them and say, look, this is what we're doing. You know, yeah. we can kind of speculate and go, well, this might happen then, or, you know, we're just waiting on government guidelines, really. I saw a thing about um, they're going to be opening up outside 
So like if you have a garden or an outside space, they might open that up. Luckily, we have a fairly decent sized car park if there's no tour buses in it. So yeah. might be able to serve some people outside or a one in one out system into the pub. But who knows? You've just got to wait, wait and see, really. Yeah, obviously it's a waiting game at the moment. And, um, uh, you know, you hear some reports of some pubs opening up when they're not really supposed to and doing some kind of social distancing. Um, but I guess it's really up to the pub, the individuals, and basically if they're allowed to do it by the government. Yeah, um, yeah. like a desperate, like, you know, if you, if you have to open and you've got to make it work, then yeah, but then it's not really in the public's best interest. It's not safe. I mean, pubs and music venues, they're not really a place you can social distance, really, because you kind of go and see your friends, kind of stand in a sweaty room, watch a band. Um, I don't, I don't really see how a pub can be a sort of social distance area. You can put measures in to make it as safe as possible, but it's, I don't, I I don't know how it works. And then you have a couple of pints, and you're going to be hugging and kissing all your mates and telling them how much you love them and stuff like that. It's just never going to work. No, I mean, I saw a meme uh, on on social media that was like, "This is what a socially distanced gig might look like." And then you had like the performer on the stage, and then people were standing, obviously, like you know, two meters apart, and the room was barely filled. And you were like, "Well, I hope that isn't the future of live music because that wouldn't be great." <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, who knows? Who knows? It would just, yeah. just be like the Matrix, would just be like little people that live in pods, and then we'll just live our yeah. lives for a completely online medium, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess something that has been kind of circulating a little bit recently is this whole idea of live festivals and live gigs, this sort of thing. With um, who put it on last week? It was a uh, five for five festival. Yeah, they had that mm-hmm. last week with Don Broco and Shikari. Uh, we briefly spoke to Tom about it last week on um, from the shed. What's your opinions on you know live streaming some gigs? What's your opinions of that? I, I think we both feel it's yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. so we're gonna be looking at doing um we're we're kind of looking at getting some equipment and stuff so that we can stream from the venue. Um we just need to check the guidelines and stuff like that to see if it's possible to have like three or four members of a band, obviously social distance on the stage, that we can do like a HD uh stream of that band rather than because a lot of them at the minute you see some smaller scale ones are all like solo acoustic artists. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is which is great, but I think there's only so much of that people are going to listen to constantly. But it'd be good to have like a full on, still have a live show and a gig um, and stuff with a full band. Uh, and then if we can figure out a way to get like the full sound quality, I know on that festival we were talking about there was like Don Broco playing and stuff like that. But I think for smaller local bands, they're probably not going to have the equipment set up and know how to no. do like a full like mm-hmm. that. Sounded amazing, but I don't know if that was pre-recorded or how they did that. But um, just the difference in like lagging and stuff like that bedrooms and camera quality and equipment and stuff like that i just don't see how that could be that's a viable option without sort of doing it in a venue but i imagine a lot of venues will put in little setups um and then do a gig with just the band and then nobody else in the building and stuff like that i suppose yeah Um, yeah so but but that i mean things like that'd be great for like the local scene and stuff like if you've got like a local band that are getting pushed out to plan to between 20 and 100 people locally, they're then getting broadcast to, I don't know, like 20,000 online and stuff like that. So it's, yeah. it could have a, a potentially great um, effect. One thing that we uh, sort of touched on last week, Rob, um, was obviously the uh, the idea of tours are obviously not a thing at the moment, uh, you know, in the current climate. But um, 
bands could eff effectively live stream from each venue's kind of uh, Instagram or Facebook page. Yeah. And then you could kind of have a bit of a digital to, I know it's not the same and it never will be the same, but it's, it's kind of something rather than, you know, rather than nothing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's just the the way of kind of monetizing that because I imagine like everyone's got to still make a living from it and stuff like that. So, although yeah. there's less costs um, on the ground, kind of in the venue and stuff, we wouldn't have as much crew and staff and things like that to pay. But the bands are still going to want to pay and stuff like that. So it's just how you'd how you monetize it. Would it be massive sponsorships or I don't know, pay for tickets still and watch it online and stuff? But yeah, I don't know. It's a it's just the unknown. Like the whole situation is unknown. We don't know when we'll open. We don't know how it's, it's just, I don't know. Just keep trying and see what happens and hope for the best. Yeah. 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 Of course. With cool. uh, respect to the uh, fundraiser that you mentioned, um, do you want to tell anyone uh, who's watching uh, about that? Yeah, it was really good actually. Yeah. We did a, did a great crowdfunder. Um, we've done one previously for uh, Aircon. Uh, which was great, and we raised about five and a half thousand for that. But then we did this one, and just I think from people realizing that they actually really miss, you know, live music, and yeah, kind of take for granted that they've got the venue down the road, and they go, oh, well, they've got gigs on all the time, so I'll just go to the next gig or whatever. And as soon as it's actually taken away from them, people are like, oh, actually, you know, we need this in our life. It's a great place for social meetups and stuff like that. So to raise like thirty thousand five hundred, I think it was was great and i uh, i saw in your last podcast about companies taking uh money you know like the gofundme and stuff like that yeah. we were lucky with crowdfunder as soon as we set our one up they actually put it out and said that they're not going to take any fees or um not going to take a percentage or anything like that I, well i think they did take a fee but i think it was like a penny so i think you know yeah pennies literally. yeah 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 so i think they had to take something as like an administration fee but you know a penny off of that was great so it left us with quite a bit you know there was all yeah. great rewards for it as well we gave out like um like an unlimited black card which we're currently designing and gives you um free access to the you know the venue for forever well for as long as me and jason run it anyway i don't know how long the next own possible owners might feel if they just turn up with these cards and they're like oh we can still get in here <laughs> you know who knows so a big shout out to those guys yeah that's <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. it so big shout out to all the uh, guys that bought the black cards. It's uh, much appreciated. And everyone that donated, you know, there were some pretty big donations with no rewards. So, But everyone's name is going to go up on the wall in the venue somewhere. I haven't quite decided where yet. Um, we haven't decided on a font or all that stuff yet. But it's going to look great when we do. And it would be really nice. And I think it would be great for people to come see it and go, oh, look, I donated to that. And there's my yeah. name up on the wall. Just to be part so of I think that would be really nice for people. Yeah, just to really feel like a part of the part of the venue, not just uh, you know, me and Jason take it for granted that we um, you know we do it as a job every day, and sometimes you're like, oh, another another gig on, another load of noise in the venue, or the neighbour's going to complain. But actually, once you once you really get into it, I think it is it is a very fun job, and we do take it for granted sometimes. It's quite fun being our own buses, and we get to do mental things as well. Like you know, yeah. we had super hands here off Peep Show. That was amazing. I mean, it was one of the most ridiculous gigs I think I think ever. It was a Christmas special, snow machine, oh, wow. super hands. Like, what more do you want? That's yeah. awesome. I mean, I think the uh, the sense of community that's come out of such a negative situation, especially like as far as bands doing things online, venues doing things online, things like Five for Five Fest. Um, all of that is just incredible, really. Like the innovation, 
and the thought that's gone behind it and also the outpouring of support to you know to the nhs is just and everyone's sort of rallying together like to see that has just been amazing especially when i'm like i'm not going to go into politics but when you know people in charge aren't necessarily supporting them as well so for everybody to pull together and throw their support behind is just phenomenal really it's such a it's such a weird thing it's like everyone's apart now but like a lot of people have kind of come together a lot more um yeah so just like really eye-opening to how many people support everyone and and get involved but then we're just all locked in our houses uh stuck stuck doing nothing really so yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Like, I mean, I try to get out and go for a walk every day, some kind of like long walk, because, you know, my hours for my work has been reduced. So it's just, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to find something to do. So make some walks. And then you find that you'll see people and you try to social distance and everything, obviously, as much as you can. But people are still like even more friendly than before. So, yeah. you know, like you just say hello to a stranger and it's like, and uh, you know, I would have never done that sort of thing before. Like, unless you know i'm at a gig or something like that like just some random on the street oh how are you doing sort of thing so weird i've lived in my house for like two years and never met any of my neighbors and then now i know the whole street and they're all lovely so i don't know why i've never met them before but yeah so that was that was that was a nice thing to come out of it as well but i think people are just desperate for some sort of interaction and stuff so yeah Yeah. i think in a weird way uh you know this situation that's made us all have to stay at home and and be apart from one another in a strange kind of way has actually brought people together and people are catching up with people they haven't spoken to since you know since high school and uh, and like catching up with their family on a much more regular basis than they usually would and so that's really nice to see it's kind of like when you go on holiday i think if you go on holiday as soon as you're out of the country you want everything that you'd have in the country that you'd never normally have yeah name like people are like oh i've got to go out and exercise like most people probably wouldn't do anything like you just stay at home like if you had a, had a week off work you'd probably just sit at home for a week you wouldn't go i've got to go for a walk every day but now it's like oh, i've got to go for a walk every day i don't know why I'm just gonna go out for a walk just get out of the house because they said i can't so yeah yeah um, it's just stuff like that and it's trying to have what you can't have but. yeah i guess it's um it kind of reminds me of uh, i watched an interview the, the other day with machine gun kelly and he was basically saying like how he's loving this lockdown because it's kind of like rehab for him <laughs> and part of me felt like oh yeah that's kind of right you know like yes you kind of secluded you know you're eating fucking loads <laughs> yeah um mm. and you know you're trying to get exercise so it's like yeah i, I get it i get it yeah uh, <laughs> it's gonna be weird so, when it happens and everyone has to interact with people normally again because it's like you're not gonna know what to say it's gonna be weird it's easy enough talking to somebody online or like texting or messaging or whatever but talking to people in the real world it's very different and it's like people are just gonna have forgotten yeah. how to do it and how to interact or they won't have like recluse. they'll just be used to talking to people in whatever way hidden behind something they'll just kind of be like oh. so they won't yeah. be attacked or filters with people it's so, a bit like um you know it, it's it's a funny situation like with uh, everyone getting sent home you know to to, to work from home and initially obviously everyone's first thought is oh you know that's going to be uh that's going to be quite nice i have a couple of weeks at home but i'll tell you what that gets old very quickly if you don't get like an organizational routine together and a structure to the day then you feel completely you know lost in the middle of the sea no yes yeah, it's, it's weird there's no like yeah there's definitely no structure for anything and it's just kind of like, no. for 10 minutes so i'll go and watch that or i've got kids so i'll just hang out with them which is great so yeah so <laughs> I've, got, I've got to see my my baby develop 
completely. He's learned to walk and stuff. So that's that's been the best thing about it. Is I just had that chance to do that, whereas normally I'd be at work and I'd have missed it and then get home and be told that these things are happening. So, yeah, no, it's good. Nice. Oh, okay. Going back to um, the venue, so what are your plans? I mean, obviously, we don't know what the government... Well, we know kind of what the government has in place. Um, what's your plans to get back into the venue? How, how would you... What what do you think are going to be your first steps getting back in? Um, God knows. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to be like, because obviously our main focus is music and stuff like that. So I don't know if it's going to be a case of um, just open as a pub. Um, and then, but I think, I think we'll probably have to focus on streaming and stuff first. Um, mm. But not sure how that interacts with when we actually open, because we'll still be able to stream with bands online. And then, I don't know, just maybe have the... It, I don't know. It just completely depends on what the government say and what the situation is and how many people we can have in and how we can do it. Like Weatherspoons have got quite a, a list of things that they're going to be doing, almost like a drive-by, and then you order on an app and they bring it to your yeah. place. It's basically the same as it was anyway, but, yeah, you know, just, um, I don't know. It just depends on what the capacity and stuff like that is. Um, That's it. Yeah. I imagine they'll restrict it. Yeah. I imagine they'll do sort of like a tiered, you know, maybe like 50 cap to start with in like a month or so, and then maybe a hundred and then go up in, yeah. you know, sets like that. So hundred, 200, I can't see the bigger venues like the O2s opening for no. ages, at no. least till ne- at least till next year. Like, no way. You know, I don't think so. You know. no. I mean, I remember when I first heard the, uh, you know, the government announcement about it and then they were talking about how, you know, restaurants could be socially distanced and people's tables would be far apart. And I remember thinking to myself at the time, like, but how's that going to work? Like, especially in a bar kind of environment, people have a drink. They will just kind of, you know, once you get drunk, so to speak, people do just get silly and start getting close to one another. Like how, when it gets to that point, do you then sort of take control of that situation? Like, I think that's a bit kind of un- unknown, really. Yeah, it's like they're gonna put you'd have to put like a drink limit on, and there's just so many, yeah, it's just a hard thing to see how it could possibly possibly work, really. But we'll have to come up with some plans to to do it, and also, I mean, the the sort of financial side to it as well. Because if it's capped to 50 cap, then there's not not many bands you can make that are like we we wouldn't be able to do touring bands and stuff like that because it wouldn't work for either party, really. If they're going to go to 50 cap venues, they're not really going to be able to make the money to justify all their crew and things like that yeah, as, well as, well as ours and stuff so but again it will it will make the local scene thrive and i think that now is a good yeah, time definitely. for local musicians uh, and local bands and stuff like that to really like push their stuff and um i imagine a lot of people are probably writing loads of really good music and stuff like that like we've got a really cool um collective around here the head charge uh guys i don't know if you've heard of those uh there's like taurus tragic uh blurry loads of really cool uh, local bands and stuff like that and um just things like that will just thrive i think and build build that scene again so we'll just have like a really strong local scene to start with hopefully that's fingers crossed that. yeah that'd be good yeah <laughs> hopefully would. it gets all the bedroom rockers out and you know they start forming bands and you know hopefully yeah. they'll be speaking to people online musicians looking for other musicians i'm sure there must be tons of groups on facebook for that now because seeing as everyone's up. online you know a lot of that yeah. happening where people post like uh, you know a video of them drumming or playing a bit of guitar and then post it into those groups and they're like is anybody does anybody else want to collaborate and do something because i think people must be yearning for that at the moment yeah yeah definitely i think people need like a creative outlet as there is yeah. nothing 
creative about lockdown, unfortunately. You're one walk a day. Oh, no, I guess it's unlimited now, isn't it? You can do unlimited exercise. Yeah. So you can go so, for 100 walks in a day and still be really bored. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> um, okay, well, Who knows? I mean, how was, um, how was it for the last couple of days up leading up until the venue closure and the pub closure? How was it for you guys? Is there kind of like some kind of um, fear sort of thing that, oh, actually this is going to happen? Or was it more to be expected? It was frustrating because I think in the two weeks leading up to it, we had, I think, like four or five sold-out shows. Uh, we had some pretty big stuff. We had, um, was it Brooklyn Heights? I can't remember. We had, like, one of the drag queens uh, yeah. from Rupert Drag Race coming that had sold out. I think it was Brooklyn Heights. It might, did she come? I can't remember. It was one no, of them. she came. It was, it, was, it was Sharon Needles. That was it. So, she, yeah, Sharon Needles yeah. was coming. That was sold out. And then uh, it just... Every day was kind of like just waiting for the text. You're kind of checking your emails, just waiting for them to come in and be like, right, okay, yeah, we're going to cancel now. And then you'd have like the odd one that would be like, no, no, we'll carry on and stuff. But it was just like just every day was kind of like unknown of if you're going to be doing the gig. Like some yeah. like, couple of days we had the crew get there, set up, and then the band were like, no, we're not going to come because uh, this is happening and stuff like that. So it was just really unknown and it was really frustrating. And so we had like a March was going to be like a super busy period for us, um, which would have led on to of our plans coming into place and just keep building for the, like this whole year we've got loads of, we had a load of good stuff lined up um and it's just all moved now to next year so i mean next year is going to be amazing but uh it's just this year is going to be a weird write-off so i don't know what's going to yeah. what's going to happen but um hopefully hopefully it builds up again hopefully everyone's going to be desperate to get back out and play um and hopefully all the, all the little venues like us will, st- will still be open i think a lot of them should be because of the support they're getting like esquires in bedford uh their crowdfunder was ridiculous i think they could probably build a second venue yeah, that's right. like and, <laughs> yeah anyway, definitely again it's amazing to see the support for these places and the love that yeah. um, they do deserve really like it's it's cool going to an o2 to watch like slipknot or some massive band like that but if you see something pretty big in a tiny venue like we had like idols and people like that play um seeing stuff like that in a tiny up front up close venue you can't really beat that no no i remember when uh, all of this was going down actually we were uh, the last gig that we were due to play um before coronavirus well and truly took over was uh, a proper dose showcase uh, at the engine rooms in london um and we were sort of you know tossing it up whether it was a good idea to play it or not um and to think about that now and that we were 50 50 on whether we were going to go ahead and do it is just like it's crazy like given the situation we're now in where people wouldn't even contemplate it. It's like it's it's crazy to think that that was not that long ago. No. And that the, the last show that we played, um, which was in Haverhill, was absolutely packed out, and that that now seems like it was a year ago. Like because of you know the the gravity of the situation, it genuinely feels like it was a year ago, not a few months ago. It really escalated quickly. It was kind of like oh, it's just the flu. It'll be fine. It'll yeah, be, been exaggerated and. You know, there's all the government scandals and stuff, like that, but yeah, I mean, it's obviously pretty serious now. So it's yeah, yeah it, to even think we thought at the time like, oh yeah, we'll just carry on with these shows. It's like we should have shut them off ages before we did. I mean, we did yeah. we did it early before uh, before it was forced on us. But you know, just looking back on it now, it's like loads of places should have shut way earlier than they did. And start. I'll there. tell you what, you guys weren't alone in that because uh, even with Slam Dunk, which obviously was 
going to be taking place this weekend if it had gone ahead normally. Uh, they pushed back yeah. to, uh, to September and then yes. you know, inevitably have had to completely uh, reschedule it for, for next year. So I think a lot of... You know, a lot of people wanted to hold on to that optimism. I think we all did, you know, bands and venues, you know, music industry people alike. But ultimately, um, once you realise the gravity of the situation, I think we just, you know, we had to kind of roll with it, grit our teeth and, and roll with the punches. Yeah. It's going to be interesting when it, when it opens, everything opens again, because it's, it's kind of like, in my head, I'm like, everyone's going to be desperate to go out and want to go, go to these places. But then at the same time, are they? Are they going to be like, Oh, I don't want to risk it and stuff. It's still going to be that fear there. So it's just, uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I think yeah. I think people will be a bit apprehensive to uh, to uh, going out uh, to start. Either that, or they'll go absolutely mental. And as soon as they're allowed to go out, they will they'll go out just like normal. And then possibly a second spike. Hopefully not. But with the festivals, you've got to think it's not just the bands. They're losing out. There's all the lighting crew, all the sound crew, yeah. just the general crew. I mean, there's so many people who have lost so much work through yeah. um, all the big festivals closing. I mean, that might even shut down, you know, if you were a lighting company and your one big gig a year was download, I say, you know, yeah. that was your whole income for the year, uh, you know, and you've lost that this year, you know, and you've maybe got some leases on all your equipment. And I mean, that'd be a lot of equipment. So, you know, they might be stuck with these huge bills with no money coming in. Hopefully, you know, they might have had cover on their insurance, but I know we didn't. I, as soon as this came up, I called our insurers up and was like, you know, is there any pandemic insurance for closure? But there, there wasn't. And I think a lot of places were in the same boat saying that, you know, there's no, there's going to be no help from insurers for forced closure through pandemic, you know, maybe through other government issues, but not certainly not pandemic unless it was specifically written into your underwriting you know, which it probably yeah. wasn't for a lot of people. And I mean, when all, of, when all of this initially kicked off, you know, everybody thought we were talking about a matter of months. I don't think anybody at that point would have thought, right, well, we're just going to be writing 2020 off. But everyone I've spoken to recently has been like, well, this year is just a write-off, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think well, everything's rescheduled now, basically, with us a lot for 2021. You know, some few, a few gigs at the end of the year, but... You know, we've, we've got this closure period and luckily our, our brewery have given us a sort of 50% relief on our on our rent. But, you know, if with our crowdfunder, we sort of um, budgeted till, where are we now? You know, end of July. And if, yeah. it, if it goes on much further than end of July, you know, we're, we're racking up each week a certain amount. And, you know, if we can't open till October, which is when the furlough is going on till, we'll have a pretty pretty hefty rent bill to come back to without being open and then on the other hand if they say right pubs can open but we're a reduced cap of say i don't know 20 people and you know we've got staff in and everything like that and 20 people throughout the day you know maybe you can have 100 people through the day but with our weekly rent going back up to you know sort of 100 percent rent that'll be just crippling you know still having that such high rents and then having not a lot of people in or a controlled amount of people, you know, and, you know, the swiftness of serving will be slower, you know, with spraying down, anti-backing, gloves, PPE, all that sort of stuff. And as soon as pubs are allowed to open, I imagine a lot of places have got out-of-date stock now. I know most of ours is out-of-date. I think we've got, I don't know, about 30 barrels in the cellar of drafts and probably about five of them are still in date now. So luckily the brewery have said they will replace um when the time comes 
but the time's going to come for absolutely everyone at exactly the same time. So I can't see how, you know, they're going to meet the demand for plus Brexit. Of beer. You have to get in the country. Yeah, plus Brexit. No one's going to be able to get in the country. You're not going to be able to get any beer. You know, we've got 30 barrels of um, stock to replace. So it's going to be absolutely mental. Like every, every pub's going to need their delivery, like taken back of the old stock out of date and then replaced with the new stock. That's probably about yeah. half a lorry load for just our pub. So, you know, doing two pubs at a time with one lorry, that's quite a, quite a logistical nightmare, I think. And I, I feel like our um, business relation manager with uh, our brewery is dreading it, quite honestly, from our last I mean, sort of few conversations before he was put on furlough. Just crazy. Like a massive headache. I'm just going to pull this comment up, actually, because it's a really nice one. Um, this is from Lindsay Taylor Fullman, and she says, as a live agent for an unsigned band, playing grassroots venues, places like the Crawford are absolutely vital. Keep up the good work, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you. Maybe we'll be back soon and uh, we get some more in. Oh, oh what happened? <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> I'm not sure what happened to Max then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Hopefully he'll appear back in a second. Maybe he's doing like a costume change or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this comes well, back head. in just like a onesie. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Right. Yeah, I had to ask actually, was that was that a kimono he was wearing? I don't know. He's quite a fancy man really. He wears quite fancy clothes. Whereas I'm just in like an old band t shirt that I probably got at a show, which is what ninety five percent of my wardrobe is really. Same. Yeah, <laughs> this is one of the rare evenings that I'm not wearing a band T-shirt. But Rob, as you can see, is rocking the bear tooth. Nice. nice that was Rob. the last. That was the last event like gig I went to before this all. Well, obviously, me and Danny had a gig before this all went down. But the bear tooth gig was the last gig I went to up in Manchester before this all kicked off. And it's just insane that like there was a lot going on with coronavirus, and there was a lot. That you know, in, I was in a, a venue cap room of something like you know a thousand people, and it was just like, well, if anybody in, has coronavirus here, that you know, we've all got it. Like, there's there's no doubt, we've all got it. Yeah. I'm back. There we go. We got. <laughs> oh yeah. From Gene no Lombard. I hope I'm saying your name right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Um, hey guys, what's up from South Africa? Hi. Hello. Hi, South Africa. <laughs> we love you. Hi, Nathan, as well. He said we're the best. Obviously, we are. You're pretty good. Yeah. Is Nathan still working for you guys? Like... No, no, he hasn't been there for a while now. Oh. He went off touring oh, okay. and never came back. Oh, dear. <laughs> now he's a music teacher and living the best life. So. Yeah. Oh, that's good for, that's good for him, though. That's, you know. If that's what he wants to do, um, proud of him. Yeah. So, I mean, going forward, I mean, what do you think? Like, thinking about going back to the end of the year, like October, November, December. What do you think it's going to be like then? Do you think it's going to really be lifted, or do you think it's going to be slow, sort of thing? I think it'll be slow. I think. I think people are just kind of giving up. Like, if you go out now, it doesn't feel like we're in lockdown anymore. You go to the shop, and it's pretty crazy and stuff. And I think. I imagine it will start to pick up again the numbers and and then eventually it'll probably come to a point where it'll it'll get closed down a bit more again. 
but hopefully not. Hopefully, just being positive that it's the R keeps going down. Good old R. I guess it's dependent on uh, vaccines if they can get them out and testing and percentages and if they can really control, you know, the amounts of the R or whatever, whatever they're doing, really. Who knows? Whatever they do. Yeah, that's it. You know, but if you've got COVID, just get in your car, travel 260 miles, and then you'll be fine as long as you're the, the PMs, mate. I'm not getting too political. Not getting too political. <laughs> Jesus. Amen to that. Um, yeah. So in terms of, like, local bands uh, in your area at the moment, what's what have been, like, some of your favourite things that you've seen them kind of do? In terms of like content or just online bits and pieces, loads. I've been yeah, doing loads. Things are popping up. I think right. like um, you got like Naked Next Door, which is kind of like a big kind of indie band that are popping up in Milton Keynes at the minute. I think they're going to have like a big couple of years, and they've been doing some sort of live sessions and uh, sort of show like bits from each of the houses and stuff like that, making videos from it. Which I think I imagine a lot of people are going to be doing. Um, yeah, and it's the, cool. The Head Charge stuff. They're releasing new music all the time. And so they did a takeover of our page and had like five five different members of bands playing and stuff like that, which is cool. And then had like a weird um, dance party at the end of it, which was nice. And uh, yeah, it went a bit mental. It was yeah. very cool though. It was very good. I, mean, I saw a Taurus released a sort of lockdown video. You know, the uh, playing the drums on an electric kit, which was cool. And the other two guys, you know, playing playing. I guess all recording into a you know a computer and then. Yeah, like sort of editing it, but it, it was great, and it's cool to see these sort of innovative like videos. And I think um, going to innovative stuff, I think it is really going to push the uh, music industry forward with streaming and stuff like that. I think it's going to be a really good, you know, un- unfortunate time to have to do it, but you know, it should it should hopefully have some good results at the end, which will be cool. Yeah. I think like streaming is going to be great. I think it will. Um, you know, really open up a lot of venues to a lot of people, you know, disadvantaged people that can't get to a venue physically or, you know, they can't can't afford to go out. And if they can just watch a bit of live music from their local scene or, you know, from afar, if you want to watch a band that's up in Glasgow and you live in, I don't know, Cornwall, you can. You can just watch them, especially if they're, you know, you found them through touring or yeah. anything really. Like I think yeah. a lot of bands are putting out a lot of, a lot of stuff which is really cool and um i think i hope they continue like with uh, sort of full force going forwards releasing a lot of content i imagine a lot of musicians have written a lot of music this time now yeah. i would i you know i know a few people that are writing and they've written a couple eps whether they're releasing or not who knows but let's hope so i think the music the local music scene will thrive of this and yeah. i think a lot of people will be more open to the local scene, you know, maybe, you know, rock, metal isn't really a thing, but, you know, you've missed live music, so you, you give it a go. And, like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of the local scene are quite garage rocky at the moment, which is really cool. It's like a, it's a really cool little scene. I mean, you should check them out, like the Hedgehog Club. It's really cool. Definitely. Probably the bands that people haven't heard of. Uh, wouldn't normally go and see. They're going to have massive crowds now. People are just going to be desperate to go and watch anything, no matter how good they are, how bad they are, what they sound like. They have hundreds of people just staring at them like, I don't even care what this is, just loving it. Yeah, that's it. I think so. And I think with the streaming as well, you know, you may have a gig with a local show and local bands on. They may have their parents there, so they might have 10 people watching. 
you know, streaming it through a, a site. And, you know, there's a few charities we work with that will, you know, we'll be able to send links out to and stuff like that. And, you know, there might be only 10 people in the room physically, but you might have, who knows, like 1,000, 2,000, 5,000. Yeah, loads of people watching. You know, I mean, it's so much more accessible now, and you know, internet's pretty good for most people. So hopefully, hopefully, it really pushes the industry forward. I think it'll be quite interesting to see what happens. To be honest, this is what the five G was for, wasn't it? They were like, yeah, let's roll out five G quick, get everyone in their houses yeah. used. Yeah, and then you got it. people yeah. burning it down because they think that's what's caused the coronavirus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's for now, like. Um, the only thing you know for bands to do right now is to be creative and to put something out. Um, the, you know, it's all they have really right now. I mean, myself and Danny, we are together in a band, and we've had to adapt to the situation. Um, we, you know, on a weekly, we do a live stream and we do something called Quarantine Stream, where we uh, meet up, meet up right as now. a band. And, yeah, thank you. That was Danny's idea, actually. <laughs> um and we just meet up and we'll be like a, a game or we we'll do a quiz or something like that just to bring some content in um also you know live music we, we did a we did a music video um where we got people to submit what they've been doing in their quarantine time and that had a really great mm. response um and you know we've we talked to a lot of bands as well about what they've been up to and they're writing music we're writing music now's the time to be creative because you're stuck at home you're gonna have more time on your hands than ever before so yep. you know use this time as the best you can as what i've been suggesting to bands upcoming um i guess what do you think to you know new and upcoming bands do you think that new bands that have just kind of like formed in this time or will be forming straight after do you think they'll struggle at first or do you think they're going to get a lot more attention at first i, th- I think it'll be um it'll be great for them because they'll have this time to build their brand so rather than just kind of like for a band, then just going straight in and playing shows and then maybe focusing their energy on the wrong thing. They're going to be building an audience before they do anything. Yeah. Um, you know, like years ago, there was loads of like, uh, like the vest wearing metal bands that were like, hey guys, yeah, we're recording a new album, we're doing this. And then we're like, we've got a new logo coming. Like every week, they'd just say, like, this weird thing. It would kind of be like that, I imagine, but to a, a more useful level rather than just keep teasing that they've got something coming out. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think it will. And obviously, the social media is massive. Everyone's on social media. Everyone's talking to each other. So they're going to be able to push what they're doing and tell all their friends and get their reach and stuff out there. Just need to work their way around the uh, Instagram and Facebook algorithms so that they don't get shut off all the time. But um, yeah, yeah no, I think I think it'll be good for the new bands because I just think they'll just build up social media before they get out there. Um, so that when it comes to playing, they'll they already have like a kind of audience ready to go, and then they can be like, "Cool, we're going to play this." They they might release some music. They'll have music ready to to put straight yeah. out. Um, Great. Yeah, it'll it'll just shift that process rather than spreading it out massively. They'll kind of have it up front and then be ready to to play and go. I think when it comes to uh, creating content as well, equipment really is everything because if you don't have the right equipment and the audio quality isn't there then obviously you're not going to get the best results. So I think this is also a time that whilst bands can save on things like commuting and, uh, you know, paying for practice, that kind of thing, maybe that's money that could be well invested into sort of, uh, you know, better home equipment. And I know they can't ever replicate what they can get at a live venue, but you can certainly sort of up your rig, so to speak, so that you can try and get the best kind of, you know, end result. It's, It's just like, 
think things like phones are amazing now because the quality that you can get of a video on a phone and the audio and stuff like that like people is quite accessible for people to do now like if you're just playing a guitar you can literally plug like a mic or something usb into your laptop or your phone and then yeah that you've got all the quality you need in that um but yeah i guess people will be up- upgrading their home stuff because they'll have nothing else to do but sit at home and create so yeah this yeah. thing definitely well, been, we, no go on so so you carry on sorry <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say well we've been looking at the the streaming equipment and uh, some of it's proving quite difficult to get hold of as people have clearly been buying it up a lot, as we were chatting about just before the uh, podcast yeah. stream started. Where, um, you know, if you weren't in on it quick, I think, um, you know, we're waiting on some AV equipment to sort of turn up before we can start really testing. And testing is going to be quite hard, I think, because, you know, in, even in the venue, you can only really have maybe two people, you know, one playing an instrument, one checking the feeds can't really introduce too many things too quickly you know until some sort of restrictions start lifting or there is any sort of government guidelines but what we can do and also again with our insurance if we're allowed you know if we've been forcibly closed by the government if we're actually allowed to have people in the building doing anything without you know with our public liability and stuff like that it's it's all it's all like some one big gray area that all needs sort of fine-tuning i think yeah yeah. Yeah. So Lindsay's just left another comment and she says the band I work for have been using their money that would have been spent rehearsing or traveling to gigs for online promo and we've seen great results actually. And I think that's a very good point. Yeah. Because I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's really good. I mean like Facebook now is basically just pay to play really. I mean unless um you know if you start putting links and things like that in your Facebook posts it just completely shuts down your reach. Yeah. But I think with a lot more people have probably been forced back onto social media. I think um, if you maybe left Facebook because you couldn't be bothered to look through all the rubbish all the time, you know, people posting inspirational quotes that, you know, don't really apply, like, you know, live, laugh, laugh. That sort of stuff, people posting that rubbish all over Facebook and you're a bit sick of it and you left. But now because of the isolation, you probably have joined back on with all this, you know, bands doing all the live streaming and stuff. It's really, it's, it's really cool time for music. Um, maybe to see your artist in a different way, you know, that you might have, you might, your favorite band might be a, you know, an operatic metal band, but you're just seeing the acoustic side to them, you know, their lead singer just picking up a guitar, playing again off their phone, which is good enough quality. And if you've got an AV splitter, you can do it through a recording setup, yeah. which is easy enough now. I mean, it's all through your phone and directly onto Facebook. So you're reaching all your fans straight away with your notifications for live and stuff. It is really good. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry, Danny. Sorry, Danny. He carry on. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think that um, that's been one of my favourite things in all of this is not just seeing like new music content and live streams of bands doing sets, but actually like an insight into their lives and then playing games and having fun, because then it just makes everything that much more personal, really. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's good to see your artist in a different light. You know, you might have more things in common than you realise than them just getting to play huge stadiums or, or even tiny venues like ours, you know, playing small local shows to local people. It's been great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, something I said, like I was going to say is that like it's me and Danny's definitely seen this more recently, that um, there's a website called Cameo that's kind of blown up recently, which is, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of it. Um, 
where people can pay to have a famous artist kind of say a message for them. I mean, I know that Kaz Monday, Sunday was on there. I um, believe Pierce the Veil was on there. Simple Plan was on there. Um, where you can get them to give a message to say, you know, thank you or whatever, or, you know, just to say something to you guys and they're earning money that way. Do you think that's something that you think is very fair? Do you think it's something that they should be doing or shouldn't be doing? Do you think that's something that is okay? I guess so. It's like, if you want to pay for someone to do those things, then why not? It's also hilarious when you look on there and there's like, some of them are like three, 400 pounds to do it. And then there'll be like someone else that probably was pretty famous a few years ago that are like 15 quid or something like that. And then there's some that are just clinging onto a bit of fame. They'll be like, oh yeah, I was like a background actor on EastEnders once, uh, 15 quid and I'll say a message and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, we did we did think about doing some promo through that, just get some celebrities doing it, but should probably shouldn't spend money on that when uh, we haven't really got any income. But yeah, <laughs> and like most of the examples here on there, which would have just been hilarious to have loads of juggalos uh, just promoting <laughs> the venue. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what I already saw of it as well was that um, you'd have somebody kind of film more in bulk and they'll be like, they get 50 orders and then they do 50 things of them in the same room doing the same thing. Thank yeah. you for this. Same Thank place. you for this. Thank you for this. <laughs> like, yeah. I think my, like my perspective on that whole thing is, you know, while the demand is there, you're always going to have VIP packages and things like that. And people, you know, while people are willing to, you know, to, to pay the money for it, those things are always going to exist and people are always going to, you know, take advantage of them and use them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you've got the money, why not? I actually uh, ordered something similar to that, like uh, Wagner that was on uh, X Factor a few years ago. Uh, he does it and uh, he'll say like a message and then he'll sing some lines from your favorite song and then you can pay like an extra fiver and he'll play the song on bongos um and stuff like that it's pretty amazing but it was really cheap i think i paid about 35 quids and he like said a message played a song did some bongos like it was worth every penny of it really yeah it's uh, same on the bongos priceless yeah <laughs> yeah leopard print shirt on he was playing some leopard print bongos like it was amazing <laughs> Nice. Uh Danny, can you bring up the um the comment from Robert Stroud actually? Sure. Oh. oh yeah. Good. good old Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so um it's one of the questions I was gonna ask is obviously I know the Crawford Arms, um you have other kind of like things in the works as well. I mean you run the tattoo studio, don't you? Um Yeah. So yeah, the tattoo studio's been open. Well, it was two years in beginning of april but obviously we we missed that party unfortunately big uh, shout out to all the artists if any of you are watching hopefully you are all watching and supporting i hope so <laughs> i will i will hear some nice feedback in the whatsapp group after this is finished i hope but yeah it, it's just it's been crazy um with regards to tattooing i've seen a lot of stuff um you know with ppe um you know you have your basic sanitation anyway for tattooing gloves you know all your cables like everything clean films you know total totally clean um but there's no guidelines yet but i think they were looking at you know face masks for you and for the client gloves for everyone i mean there's around our tattoo studio anyway, there's um hand sanitizer everywhere you know one on every station everyone's got cleaners all up to standards and um it's just 
I don't know. I don't really know how it's going to go forward. You know, it could be because you're so up close and personal with someone for such a long period of time, well, unless they're getting like a an infinity symbol or something rad. Um, but if they're getting like a full day sit and you, they're sat there for six to eight hours and you're, you know, you're not, you there's no way you can social distance and even with a mask on and who knows, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with that. I think, again, it's just wait for government guidelines. Um, I think a lot of things were saying, because they're kind of classed the same as salons, that mm. sort of, that type of thing. Maybe they'll open at the same time, but at least with the salon, you know, you can space out. I mean, there's enough space for sort of each booth. We're thinking maybe because there's eight artists, we're thinking, you know, shift work, you know, maybe four maximum at a time. And then there's way more than two metres between each booth. But even then, you're so up close and personal with your own client sat in the chair. I mean, it's, yeah. who knows? Who, honestly, yeah. who knows? Tattoo and legs down and wear a zorb on the top so you're enclosed. Yeah, that's it. I was, I was saying to them earlier, everyone should just buy hazmat suits, so you're just fully <laughs> enclosed. <laughs> but but I can't imagine tattooing that. It'd be, it'd be so hot. It'd be so insanely hot in there, but right. who knows? You, yeah, who knows what's going to happen? Again, it's just waiting for government guidelines, really, and um, hoping that they're useful and you know a lot of people can take. So I've seen a lot of artists, um, probably, again, because they're not related, maybe some of their shops aren't, through breweries or whatever, they might not have um, help with their um, rents and stuff. Sorry, it was an update just come up. I think that's what kicked me out last time. The <laughs> um, with their so they might be still paying full rent and no no help with income, you know, and you know they're just sat there losing money weekly, monthly, however they pay. And uh, you know, a tattoo artist can earn a fairly good sum, but I know a lot of artists are getting booked up for when you know, taking um, payments for gift cards and, you know, gift vouchers and stuff like that, which is great, but with no date in sight, who knows? Who knows when it's going to happen? I think um, I think people will be gagging for it. Again, like um, like gigs and stuff. I think as soon as, as, soon as it's sent, you know, we can open the studios again, open the venues, open the yeah. pubs, even at reduced capacities. I think as soon as that's, there's the go-ahead, I think a lot of people will be looking with their sort of spare money they've saved up from not traveling and you know not really using the car as much i mean i've had the same like tank of petrol i think for the whole whole of this lockdown i have no oh, idea wow. how it's lasted so long but it's just crazy so i, I think mean it'll, uh, it'll be really good it'll be really good when it does reopen i think everyone will go absolutely mad for it but, um as of yet that i haven't seen any guidance so we can't really make a call on what's what's going to happen I mean, all they're all self-employed, so hopefully most of them would have got some of the government help. Um, but other than that, really, you know, who knows? Who knows? People who have knows? been like, you know, as, as far as like the salons and the uh, the barbering, barber, blah, barbering industry goes, people have literally been losing their shit about, you know, wanting the uh, the hairdressers to reopen which is, you know, crazy when you think about it and the terms of, like, the list of priorities of things and everybody's like, I yeah. want the head. Like, that's the first thing, literally. That's it. Just let it grow. That's it. Just let it grow, yeah. man. Just let it all grow out. <laughs> or shave it all up. <laughs> yeah, or shave it. Or just go completely bald. Maybe we'll yeah. open the corporate as a hairdresser's when, uh, when we get through this. We round all the that's time. It. £20 yeah. pounds for a haircut and you get a pint. 
Yeah, I'm the only one. Yeah, well, I'll be the best. I'll probably be where everyone goes as soon as this comes out. But I guess it's a debate that me and Danny have had several times being to the fact of what do you think it's going to be like when this all, you know, is lifted? Is it going to be madness or is it going to be everyone? There's a kind of term that I heard, which is kind of like um, hypochondriac coronavirus, like coronariac sort of thing. Um, whether people are going to go mad and everyone's out and everyone's going to go bonkers and we'll have a second peak, or is it going to be, you know, the other side where no one's going to go out? You know, are venues and gigs going to be backed or is it going to be dead? Um, but after a long discussion talking with you guys, it's pretty much feel that it's going to be packed immediately as soon as as soon as people. I think so. Out. I think if they if they let it, yeah, they will. I think it will be absolutely rammed. I think, but constantly and for anything, I don't think you'll even have to put an event on. I think it'll just be completely rammed. That's that's yeah. a positive spin on it. So I hope. I mean, that's hopeful that it's going to be like that. I think you're going to get hopefully like that, and then yeah, right. uh, yeah. I think I think people that don't want to go out and uh, you know maybe if they're still shielding and stuff like that, I think you know be sensible if you if you have to. And again, I think if you're a younger person, still be sensible. Um, but again, it's just government guidelines. We've just really got to wait. I don't think they'll allow us to go from zero back to the 275 cap. I can't see that happening. No. I mean, Which would be nice because maybe, maybe some bigger bands who are gagging for a gig, maybe they'll uh, just be like, well, the O2s at 1,000 cap aren't opening and they've just released 250 cap. Oh, maybe we'll do a gig in a smaller venue. Maybe it'll bring some bigger bands back down to more local venues. It would be great. Rather yeah, than getting them on the offshoot of a offshoot of a uh, you know warm up for a tour or stuff like that, I think it'd be really cool if they just decide to play some smaller venues, even to bring in a little bit of money for themselves and for the venues and just for the entertainment of the general public, which would be cool. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I can't speak for uh, any other bands, but I know we are absolutely raring to play shows again. Obviously, as soon as it's safe to do so, then uh, you know that's the first thing that we want to do. I mean, as us for a band, we were hit pretty hard, actually. Um, we mentioned earlier about we had, you know, a gig planned and all that. But we had a gig uh, the weekend before in Haverhill, and it was absolutely packed. But we feel like people actually knew. Uh-oh. Rob, what happened? Oh, we lost Rob. Uh, you lost back. me for a sec. You lost me for a sec. <laughs> yeah, we, lo- we lost you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for us, it affected us and um we had a very you know big gig before it all kicked off um and it was just i think the more people came because it was going with they knew it was going to happen um and then we got i mean me and uh some someone else in the band got sick so we couldn't do the gig um so it was a very weird situation and we had you know lots of stuff planned we had you know music recording planned and all that we had tour you know gigs loads of things all just gone yeah but, and it, it absolutely sucks for pretty much every band who is we know loads of bands who are in the same exact situation but you know make the most of it while you can like as i said before the music industry is so like massive because it's like obviously we, we're losing out on bands coming to play you guys are losing out on playing your rehearsal studio is missing out on you practicing producers are missing like it's just it's just like loads of little veins of people that just it's just trickling down and down and down and down and everyone is just missing out now and, and uh, losing yeah. this and it's it's crazy really 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to start, you know, wrapping this up a little bit about now because we've been obviously been here for about an hour. Um, something we do like to discuss at the end of these is music that we've been listening to this week, or if there's any new stuff we've been listening to, then we add it, all the bands that we talk about and music into a dedicated playlist on Spotify. Um, so yeah, everyone cool. can check it out. So um, I'll start with you, Max. Uh, what have you been listening to this week? Any bands you want to shout out? Um, just big shout out to all the Head Charge crew, just for local Mill Kings. Um, who have we got? Taurus, um, Blurry, was there? JJ Moon, just loads of those. It's, it's just quite nice. I've just found this. I, I always knew it was here, but I think I've really found local music and I've found a lot of bigger artists have released maybe more B-sides and unreleased stuff before, like This Will Destroy You. Absolutely amazing band. If you get the chance, go see them. They've just released a load of stuff that's, um, I think, um, maybe old recordings i can't quite remember to be honest um but loads of bands have released stuff like naked next door over uh, i think they've just released their ep or releasing it this week or something like that but they work there, yeah. quite closely with yeah work quite closely with uh paul rivers of venue rep big shout out to him be nice to see him i guess <laughs> when we're back have a good sort out in the venue which would be cool um yeah just just loads of stuff really just listening typo negative all the time the best band possibly ever just big shout out to them. Um, so you should definitely put that. Yeah, just put their entire collection in that Spotify playlist. Yeah. I think. I'll give some Great people stuff. some good listening. And uh, how about you, Jason? What's your been, um, what's been your listening this week? Well, being at home with the kids, uh, I listen to a lot of this thing called Parry Grip. So there's a lot of songs about guinea pigs, um, <laughs> tacos. I literally <laughs> listen to them. They're, they're pretty good. Like, the guinea pig song, there's one that's like a pop punk song. It's like looking to blink when I do, but it's just about guinea pigs. Uh, it's guinea pig Olympics. That's pretty good. Um, guinea pig bridge. That's another classic. Yeah, classic, absolutely. Well. Absolutely. So it's kind of like, <laughs> like hardcore music, like hardcore bands. Cause they're all like 50 seconds long. So they don't last long. You don't get bored of it. Pretty high energy. Kids love it. Like um, punk. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's like pop punk. And then there's like a bit of sort of dance and house and, and yeah, so I mean, ninety percent of my time is listening to those kind of things. Um, but yeah, Naked Next Door's got a new EP, which is amazing. Like that, that could take them somewhere, I think. Um, Paul always says they go on to be like a Biffy Clyro. They kind of got that sort of edgy sound to them, so that's that's cool. Um, and then Our Man in the Bronze Age, who are like a local band, so they've got some new stuff yeah. coming out. Saw a little teaser of that the other day, which is amazing. Um, which is really cool. Uh, some of the worst for us, Andy Blino has got like a new sort of like electronic thing that's really good as well. Um, but yeah, so, but yeah, most of the time it's like guinea pig music. So I don't know if you want to put that in the playlist, but. <laughs> yeah, you know, why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, guinea, guinea pig Olympics is probably the best one. Guinea pig Olympics. Cool. I'm yeah. putting that in. I'm putting that in. Yeah, we had some crazy frog the other day, but that's irritating. <laughs> oh, no, not the crazy frog. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, just local music. I listen to more local music now than than anything really. So there's loads of, loads of good stuff coming out, and there's like Sandbox uh, that are local that are really good. There's a band called So So Sun that have loads of cool stuff coming out. Um, Salpa Salpa. Yeah, yeah, Salpa Salpa. They're doing amazing things, get on the radio and stuff. And they're all like, it's just like there's everything you need is in our area at the minute and accessible to us. So but, yeah, nice local music. 
Sweet. And uh, yeah, that's great. Well, I'm definitely going to be checking out Guinea Pig Olympics. That sounds bloody brilliant. <laughs> the whole uh, of the <laughs> 20 albums. Incredible. <laughs> nice. Um, Danny, what have you been listening to this week? So I have been absolutely slammed this week, but I want to give a special shout out uh, to a band from London called You Over Me because um, they very kindly uh, asked me to be in uh, in their quarantine uh, lockdown music video, um, which obviously us and you know a, a lot of bands have been doing. Um, and the song is called Story of a Hero. I strongly suggest you check it out. It's really, really catchy. Um, and yeah, they're just an awesome band. I spoke to Will uh, on the Pop Punk Catch Up, my other podcast, um, a while back, um, and he's a really cool guy. So yeah, definitely check them out. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, you have me bloody brilliant. Like, you know, they're really getting up the ranks at the moment. Um, I guess for me, um, I like to listen to a lot of underground pop punk music. You know, obviously, it's my favorite genre. I like to listen to that sort of stuff. Um, and I run a playlist called the Pop Punk Pepperoni. So underground artists can put, you know, their music and stuff into that. Um, and there's quite a few followers on it. But um, one band that kind of stood out for me, I've played with them before, is a band called Falling Free. Uh, they had a EP out last year called New Habits. And there's a song on there called Hold On that just pretty much just blew me away. I was just like, wow, this is awesome. I'm definitely going to have to, you know, mention them in the next podcast because I've, this EP has just been on repeat ever since. Like, I can't get away. And I think when you find something like that, which is just so, you know, refreshing, I just, you know, something that is really, you know, nice to see. But especially ECB came out last year, but when you come up and see something nice now, it's really nice to see. So I'm going to definitely add them into the playlist and uh, definitely go check out Fallen 3. Uh, I think they're from up north somewhere. I don't know. I'm three, not sure. or three or free? Uh, free, so um, F-R-E-E. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll come through the pub for a gig. Nice. Yeah. That'll be definitely cool. But I mean, I think we're going to wrap it up now. Um, obviously, okay. thank you to you guys, uh, Max and Jason, for coming on and, you know, talking to us, sharing where you are, where the journey is at the moment for you guys. Um, Anytime. I guess you can use this opportunity now to plug whatever you want. Just go for it. Beer delivery. We're delivering beers. We've got Deliver Brew. We've got loads of merch. If you go on our website, Crawford Gums. There's loads of long sleeves. We've got T-shirts, prints, uh, loads of stuff. Uh, we're still selling tickets. I don't think anyone wants to buy any tickets at the minute, but <laughs> you can buy gig tickets. We've got some gigs up for next year. So, you know, if you want to buy a ticket, great. But we won't force you to. It's obviously that your choice. Yeah. Um, Save so our venues. Anything yeah. related to hashtag Save Our Venues through Music yeah. Venue Trust, they're doing such a good job for all the venues. I mean, I think there's over 500 in the sort of collective, I think. So if you see hashtag Save Our Venues anywhere, just get on board, you know, help that venue out any way you can. We've been very fortunate with our our sort of crowdfunding and, you know, local support and the beer delivery is doing great and our merchandise has been selling like crazy, which is really nice to see. Um, but hopefully we can all support all these other venues all across the uk and hopefully we'll all make this out maybe we'll do another one of these podcasts on the other end of this you know we can all share our experiences of reopening and how yeah, it's really great yeah yeah or, or, or we'll all be shut and 
there'll be no music ever again. <laughs> well, let's hope that definitely isn't the outcome. Yeah. <laughs> no, hopefully not. No, brilliant. Okay, well, thank you guys. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Danny. And um, that's the end of the show. Thank you for watching. Guinea pig Thanks, Thank you, everyone, for watching. And thank you for coming on the show, guys. No worries. Thank you. Later, everybody. See ya. <laughs> See you later. Bye.